0: Scam Rangers, a podcast about the human side of fraud and the people who are on a mission to protect us. I am your host, Ayelet Bigger Levine, and I'm passionate about driving awareness and solving this problem. Welcome to episode 15 of Scam Rangers. Today's Scam Ranger is working hard to drive change in the scams landscape. I can't wait for him to share his story, mission, and action. Yuri Abram is the CEO of ScamAdvisor and also the general manager of the Global Anti-Scam Alliance, which has a very bold mission, to create a world where people worldwide are safe from financial and emotional trauma caused by online scams. For full disclosure, as this is my mission as well, I recently joined the Global Anti-Scam Alliance as an advisory board member. So Yuri welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here.
1: I'm very glad to be here. Thank you.
0: I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. So before we dive into the Global Anti-Scam Alliance, I wanted to ask you to share a little bit about your background and your journey into fighting scams. What brought you to Scam Advisor and to start the Global Anti-Scam Alliance?
1: I, I ended up in the scam industry or anti-scam industry, I should say by accident. I've always been active in the e-commerce industry, working for mainly large uh, corporates like 2 Travel, uh, a, a department store chain as a responsible for online sales. My last job before what I'm now is I work for the European e-commerce association as director for research and advice. And we saw that um, in several European countries, we have a Trust seal, and that really fostered digital trade. And my idea was to launch a global trust seal to allow, um, especially for developing countries, people to directly sell to uh, to, to Western consumers. So I launched uh, Safe Shop, and um, in that process, I came across Scam Advisor, which was a initiative by a developer from the UK. And which was really cool because it allowed you to real-time check what's the chance of a website being legit or a scam. So um, in the end, I took over ScamAdvisor, but the trust seal never came to be. Uh, it, it, I mean, the Dutch love it, the Germans love it, the rest of the world either doesn't understand it or doesn't care. So in 2020, we decided to fully focus on ScamAdvisor and, and fighting scams worldwide and helping consumers not get scammed.
0: And then, how did you start Gaza, the Global Anti Scam Alliance?
1: As scam Advisor is is now helping about five million consumers every month, checking if a website is legit or a scam. But Scam Advisor is not solving the problem behind scams. I mean, it's it's warning consumers. It's good, but uh, we're not fighting scammers. Uh, I mean, the, the, uh, as soon as you take down one website, ten new ones pop up. So, um, and that's the reason why I founded uh, the Global Anti Scam Alliance to really. Create a network of uh, governments, policymakers, law enforcement, consumer protection organizations, scam fighters such as yourself, and of course, also the commercial sector to really um, uh, share knowledge and intel on, on scams, what's happening in the market, but also really share best practices and even define better solutions on how we can fight online scammers.
0: Great. So we'll definitely get to all of that very soon. But before that, I wanted to ask a little bit about what you see actually on on the Scam Advisor platform, because you see a lot of trends and you and I talked in the past a little bit about some trends. So what are the main trends that you see from, from Scam Advisor in terms of the types of scams or the patterns? What can you share with us?
1: The, the, the most obvious scam is still online shopping. Uh, you go to an online site, you've uh, an online store, um, and you order, and you either never get a product, or you get a fake, or you get something which even doesn't resemble the product at all. But then the scammer can say to the credit card companies, no, no, we, we, we ship the product. That scam is still the most common. But we see a very sharp increase in investment scams. Um, and um, so where people think they're investing or they're uh, in crypto or Forex or just in a very normal investment fund. And they, say, they even see their investments growing, but as soon as they really want to pull out a lot of money, then the website disappears. Um, and then of course the latest trends are that investment scams and romantic dating scams are combined, also called pig butchering, which is a terrible name.
0: Yeah, I think we're trying to use
1: financial grooming. Financial grooming is a better name Um, um, because that's what's happening. I mean, um, uh, a relationship uh, is built up. It can be romantic or it can just be friendship. And then at one time or another, uh, the scammer says, hey, I made a great investment. Why don't you join me? And then the victim slowly gets uh, scammed out of uh, often all his or her money. Um, what we now see happening at the moment, and that's, uh, uh, I mean, scammers, I mean, you have to give them one thing, they're, they're, they're unfortunately very good marketeers. Um, so the latest trend we see is that they're not no longer offering investment uh, opportunities, but they're offering training in, into Forex trading or crypto trading. So it looks like a very legit looking training site where for a few hundred dollars, you can do an online training, but behind it is, is that as soon as you go for the training, you're slowly lured into investing uh, with websites they know uh, or they actually they own and are just uh, uh, a traps. And that's the, we see a sh- incredible number of training sites currently appearing.
0: That's really, really interesting because um, you look at the website perspective. I, I personally received both on Skype and Telegram many groups that i was just asked to join they popped up and they're talking i didn't even join but i see the conversation they, they are typically setting up this guru so there's a coordinator introducing themselves and saying i'm i'm, I'm the assistant of so and so mr rogers and then mr rogers suddenly and there this mr roger person has all these uh very it's like cult-like very profound insights about all of, of everything, the world, the markets and et cetera. And then you have people popping up and saying, Oh, I made so much money and sending screenshots, which are obviously part of this, this uh, scam uh, scheme. And uh, it's, it's yeah. just like mushrooms after the rain is everywhere.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm familiar with those kind of, of, of telegram and WhatsApp groups. You're suddenly in a group you never asked for. And, People are very enthusiastic and telling how great uh, this or that person is and how incredible uh, money they made. Um, but it, it's completely automated and you are the only real person in that group. All the others are, are bots talking to each other and um, following a script. Um, um, but it's incredible convincing if it happens to you for the first time because you really feel, whoa, uh, yeah, you're suddenly in in a in a pub and with friends and being enthusiastic. So I really can imagine that people fall for it because, yeah, I mean, everybody's saying that this is great. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for sharing some of the trends. And um, I wanted to shift and talk about the Global Anti-Scam Alliance. So um, as stated earlier, the mission is very, very bold. And I wanted to ask you, to tell us a little bit about the Global Anti-Scam Alliance. What is this organization? How is it structured? And what actions are you taking to execute the mission?
1: Gaza is really a what, we, what you could call a network organization. We bring together all the stakeholders because that's necessary. I mean, um, fighting scams is not only the responsibility of one organization. Um, I mean, uh, the entire internet is used by scammers. And that starts with... Social media, uh, hosting companies, registrars, registries, banks. Everybody is basically misused at one moment in the process. So we bring together all the stakeholders and we do three things. Uh, One is research. So we do a lot of research on how scammers operate. But our, our biggest piece is our annual global state of scam report, where we look at more than 48 countries and we try to determine how much money is being lost how many people are being scammed? And what are the late, What are the best practices in that country to protect uh, consumers better? And then the second thing are we have six working groups, law enforcement, consumer protection, or awareness building, I should say, research, uh, fraud investigators, where we on a monthly basis uh, uh, via a virtual meetings sh- uh, share insights. Usually we have one or two speakers sharing a best practice, and then we have a discussion. And that works really well because we can learn so much from each other on how we can better fight scammers or uh, what we often uh, We had, for example, um, uh, Jade Richmond from uh, Scamwatch presenting. Uh, she's from the Australian government. And Australia was hit first uh, by FluBot, uh, a kind of malware. And because she already presented FluBot uh, a few months actually before it hit US and, uh, and, uh, and, and Europe. So we were able to take some precautions uh, in Europe and the US because what we see is that scammers often test test the market in one country before they either sell the scam to other countries or they roll it out worldwide. Um, so it's really very useful. And the third part is our global anti-scam summit where we really meet physically, again, share intelligence, share best practices. But uh, this year, we're also going to really work together on see if we can define um, real solutions to combat scammers better together
0: that's really interesting and i completely agree that the way to fight scams has to be on a global scale with collaboration because as you said they start in one country and proliferate to others but also globally i think there are ways from um, law enforcement agencies to learn from each other i actually have a someone who was a victim who reached out to me via LinkedIn. He's from the Netherlands and he was a victim and he didn't know what to do. He went to local law enforcement, but they didn't really know what to do um, and told him to hold and that he needs to wait. And we know that when fighting scams, speed is essence. You don't wait six weeks. You do, you, you act immediately or you're not going to get anything back. And, uh, I, I know that the UK just yesterday announced that they launched a huge program to fight scams, both uh, text and and call-based scams with you know, 400 uh, scam fighters. And I know that in the US, there's a lot of activity with law enforcement with uh, Aaron West and Alana Katz from New York, um, driving the awareness of the ability to do blockchain investigation for investment scams. But I really didn't know what to tell Um, this guy from the Netherlands and having that type of research that really is able to say, you know, here's how you do it in this country and how to connect the dots. That's so critical for everyone in the industry to help others as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, um, as you said, I mean, uh, speed is always of the essence and that's also interesting. I mean, in the Netherlands, very weird online shopping scams, we have a, uh, a, law enforcement team here in the Netherlands which is very good uh, uh, doing great work but investment scams are not part of their charter unfortunately Uh, so if you get scammed in um, by an investment scam you're lost Um, so we see some every country is doing something right and a lot of things not yet and that's why we need to share a lot more knowledge.
0: Yeah absolutely so Tell me about, you know, we we talked about the summit and I know the summit last year was uh, early fall. Tell me a little bit about the summit and and maybe if you have a specific moment that uh, you remember of sharing or something that kind of influenced and impacted the audience.
1: I I think we had a lot of great speakers. Uh, We had too many. (laughs) That's uh, um, too little time, too many speakers. But, uh, and we had people from... um, in, in total, we had more than 1,300 uh, participants uh, from 70 countries. So that was very well. What I really... Uh, there were two presentations which really uh, we got the most positive feedback on. One was by Eileen Charlotte. Eileen uh, was uh, a Tinder swindler uh, victim. Uh, if you've seen... Uh, I know you've seen uh, the, the Netflix series or a movie about the Tinder swindler. She was one of the victims.
0: Yeah, just maybe to recap uh, for those who haven't, this is a movie about a guy who's basically creating this chain of romance scams, and he's using a lot of money to convince the victims that he's very rich, and he's actually taking the money from his previous uh, victim. So it's kind of this chain reaction. And actually, there was there was a documentary on uh, Netflix, and I think Eileen was w- the one who ma- who realized that she's being scammed and managed to get some revenge back, right?
1: Yeah, She scammed the scammer uh, by uh, convincing him to to send her all his uh, Chanel and Louis Vuitton uh, uh, closing, promising him to to get money for him because she said, I don't have any more money, but he needed money. And of course, she kept the money. But the reason I found her presentation very impressive is often there's a a prejudice uh, that scam victims are stupid. That's really, really not the case. We see everybody being scammed. It's just the scammer has to find you at the right moment with the right message. And that happened to, to, to Eileen Charot. I mean, she's very intelligent, very smart, um, but she got scammed because the, the scammer knew uh, yeah, how to press the right buttons. And it can happen to everybody. Yeah. So I, I found her presentation very very good and it also highlighted that scams is really a huge problem which can hit everybody um, and the second presentation I really loved was of Jim Browning maybe for those who are not familiar with Jim Browning is a hacker um, but a good one and um, uh, there are a lot of uh, call centers in India which are scamming people with with tech support scams so they promise to fix your computer or get your printer to work again And they either install malware or they charge you ridiculous uh, fees for antivirus and other software. And what Jim does is um, he hacks into the CCTV uh, uh, of of those uh, help desk centers and actually uh, records uh, using their cameras uh, Records well, they think they're scamming him. And the reason why it's such a good thing is that Jim... I mean, we see a lot of people on YouTube making jokes about people who are trying to scam you, but those are the food soldiers. Um, and they're often poor, and there's no excuse for to scam people, but those are not the real criminals. The, the criminals are the, the kingpins behind it. And what Jim does very well, he exposes the kingpins. He exposes the owners of these call centers, and so he gave a great presentation and we were able to surprise him at the end because the, Austri- or the Austrian police, I should say, uh, gave him a, a token of appreciation for all his work because he had helped them uh, 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 yeah, roll up a, a, a scam network. And what I learned from Jim is that, uh, of course, hacking is illegal, um, but we have to... Uh, use a lot of tools available for us to fight this kind of menace and it emphasizes international cooperation and it really emphasizes that we can find the kingpins behind scams uh, behind uh, scams.
0: Wow. That's, uh, it's kind of being in the presence of a ce- two celebrities that are really taking action and, and trying to make a difference. Eileen. She became a scam victim, and now she's very action oriented and very in a mission on a mission to help others and and make sure it doesn't happen to others. so that's it's really great. So that's a great segue, actually, talking about the international collaboration. The Global Anti-Scam Alliance in uh, yourself have recent, recently published a press release uh, with ten recommendations to turn the tide on scams. I will share a link in the show notes to the the 10 recommendations. Uh, In a nutshell, the recommendations talk about driving awareness, unified reporting, industry knowledge sharing, and other initiatives. So first I wanted to ask you why. Uh, What drove this effort? Why did you publish it? Uh, What outcomes do you want to see?
1: The Global Anti-Scam Alliance doesn't only want to be a network where we bring people together to share information there has to be we really have to define concrete actions together we have to do things Um, and at the last summit uh, we invited people both those attending virtually as well as those attending physically to share as many ideas as possible on what can we do how can we uh, protect consumers better how can we raise awareness better how we can we fight scammers better etc. And we we got hundreds of ideas. And in the end, we boiled those hundreds of ideas down to 10 recommendations. And those 10 recommendations, um, we now are presenting to governments so that they get a better feeling of what needs to be done. But at the next summit, we're also going to further define those recommendations and see what can we already do together now on the short term, the midterm, and the long term.
0: Wow. Okay, so share maybe there are 10 recommendations, I we won't go through them all. But if you can uh, maybe describe three of them that you think that are most foundational to start with, and will drive a lot of impact.
1: Um, I think on the short term, uh, what, what countries can improve pretty quickly are our uh, awareness, we see that awareness campaigns are uh, are fragmented. It's it's a campaign by a bank it's a campaign by a telecom operator uh, then a social media platform says oh we should do something um we need to uh we 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 want to push governments to create uniform continuous awareness uh, around scams and that starts in the kindergarten and it ends in the elderly uh elderly home uh we need to warn consumers continuously and we we need to help them um Know the latest scan tricks and make them aware of it. So that's that's something which actually, I mean, you can do that in a year. You can join forces with all the stakeholders in the country, and and start to work together instead of uh, spending a million dollars on a TV campaign, which is is forgotten within within days. So that's a short term benefit. And then on the midterm, it's about sharing data, uh, sharing data on, on 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 a national level. Because now we see that people report scams to their banks, their credit card companies, to PayPal, to consumer uh, protection organizations, to law enforcement. It's fragmented. And that the only one who benefits from that fragmented reporting are the criminals because they remain invisible because we're not sharing data. So the, the second thing we're pushing for is that there is one place where you can report uh, scams and preferably all crime so that the consumer knows where to go and uh, the data is centralized within a country, which which makes it scams much faster visible, and also on a national level, action can be taken much more quicker.
0: Going back to the awareness, I just shared yesterday on LinkedIn something that I saw, which is a campaign in New Zealand. For, it's for online safety, but that's also scammers, you know, not financially motivated, but uh, child predators that are looking to impersonate uh, youngsters and befriend others. And the campaign is very, I think, very creative and very attention grabbing and, and almost shocking to parents. And the fact that it was done in New Zealand and someone from New Zealand published it and then I shared it and then people from my network saw it, I got so many responses because it really resonates. And the ability to share between countries the creativity in at the end of the day, what we need to do in awareness is attention grabbing, right so um, making something that or creating something that will make an impact that will shake them out of their routine and and get people to think and as as you said, awareness is is very important. I described the scam life cycle many times on the podcast already, so really going down the scam life cycle, so you start with awareness and then you talk about. Uh, data sharing, reporting. What are some other initiatives in within the recommendations that uh, maybe align on that?
1: Maybe the most ambitious one and also the one who's going to take a long time, but we really need it. Uh, we, we really push countries to set up a... I mean, most countries now have a national cybersecurity center and that national cybersecurity center is focusing on protecting the national infrastructure and the big companies from cybercrime, which is good. But there's very little attention for consumers. And there is definitely a need for every country should also within that national cybersecurity center have have teams to protect consumers. Um and in the end what my my, my dream is is that every country has its own national cybersecurity center to protect consumers and all these different cybersecurity centers work together to um, because I mean if a scammer from one a country A scams people in country B, you can be pretty sure that he is also scamming this, using the same trick to scam people in ten other countries. So as soon as those scam centers are starting to share information and start to block uh, scammers, start start to take down servers, then it becomes we really we really really can beat uh, or win this war. But that's going to take a lot of legislation changes because, yeah, I mean, very honestly, I'm from the Netherlands. We're part of the EU. Um, but my, uh, yeah, the, the GDPR legislation to protect privacy, sometimes I think it's the worst export product we ever created.
0: <laughs> it's definitely with good intent. Um, but yeah, it, it does uh, impede information sharing in, in many levels. So I'm wondering, as you're talking, what your thoughts are. So we didn't uh, talk about this, but when it comes to scams, I think there's a notion out there in the fraud fighting community that maybe we can try, we need to prevent, we need to put into technology to you know, prevent and detect scams while they happen. But once they happen, it's almost game over. There are ways to seize and, um, and maybe recover some of the funds. But when it comes to catching the scammers and actually finding the criminals, that's almost, except for, you know, one-offs like Jim Browning, uh, who's trying to catch them and and some uh, current uh, law enforcement successes. But because they're in a different country, typically, that's very, very hard. I'm wondering if there's an initiative with regards to that as well.
1: No, I mean, considering the current political climate, it's going to be a very tough one. Because I mean, a nice example is Singapore. Um, um, they estimated about ninety to ninety-five percent of all scams are done by people not living in Singapore. Singapore is a very small country; they know exactly where the scammers are. I mean, uh, but those countries um, either don't have the resources or they don't have the priority. Or very bluntly, local law enforcement has been bribed to, to not do anything. That will be the case for a very, very long time term. But we can still fight those kind of criminals. We can block them. We can take away their payment infrastructure. Because um, in the end, the money has to go from Singapore to that country. And we, we, we are technically able to block that. But it, it, it does need a lot of work.
0: When you say we have we are able to block that, I'm thinking crypto, which is a means to bypass kind of the mule type activity, which does require that international transfer mechanism. But again, the collaboration with the crypto providers and the ability to work with them, which is what uh, law enforcement is, is doing today in some cases, I think that becomes even more critical in that sense.
1: And I mean, you're absolutely right, crypto. Um... We do see some changes there. I mean, they're, they're, the crypto exchanges especially are getting more pressure to, to clean up their act. Um, and they are. I mean, um, uh, actually, a lot of banks and, and crypto exchanges are contacting ScamAdvisor to say, hey, uh, how can we use your data on, on scammy websites so that we can pr- make sure that there are no transactions done via websites which are already known to be scams? Um, so we're we're getting there it will but um, we will be slightly older before the problem is fixed
0: <laughs> so many listeners of the podcast are uh, fraud fighters at financial institutions or merchants or you know other um, parts of the industry and I wanted to ask you how can they kind of join this initiative what can they do to take part I know that Many um, of them are part of the Noble or have joined the Noble in its mission. And uh, we had Ian Mitchell talk about the Noble in a previous episode here. Um, And it would be interesting to also see if there is any collaboration with them. But as individual fraud fighters, how do you think there's potential collaboration between the Global Anti-Scam Alliance and this community?
1: Everybody is very welcome to join uh, the Global Anti-Scam Alliance. Uh, As an individual, uh, they're always welcome. Uh, we also provide uh, free access to our data on Scam Advisor to law enforcement and governments and other non-profit organizations. Um, and I also want to invite commercial organizations: please share uh, your scammy sites with us, because we send it to more than uh, 150 organizations worldwide, so that they know that the websites you report to us are scam. So we are, um, yeah, very open to. Not only sharing information, uh, letting people become part of the network, but really also share our data to to warn, in the end, both companies and consumers as much as possible about scams.
0: And with regards to the Global Anti-Scam Alliance organization,
1: everybody is very welcome to join. It's an open network where we really, um, yeah, uh, people are very welcome to join uh, our our network meetings Uh, are able to present and, of course, also on the summit and and get access to our research.
0: Okay, great. So there are a lot of issues here with regards to scams, and that's why you launched the 10 recommendations. Um, And you've been working with a a team of people uh, for a while now. And I wanted to ask you, what are you most hopeful about in uh, in this ecosystem? There's a lot of negative stuff happening, and you're trying to change it. What are you most hopeful about?
1: I think we we are, um, scammers are currently winning. Uh, according to the World Economic Forum, 0.05% of all cyber criminals are being caught. Um, it's the Wild West out there. Um, and as an American, uh, I can say to you, I mean, in the end, the Wild West was tamed. Uh, uh, and and I think we will also solve this problem. It will take a long time. It will take a lot of effort. Um but like with the Wild West in the U.S., like with viruses and malware in, in the 90s, uh, it took us a while to, to adjust, to, to, to build more security into the into the network, uh, but we will solve this problem. We just have to work together.
0: Well, thank you very much for joining the podcast today and uh, looking forward to the next Global Anti-Scam Online Summit.
1: I look forward to seeing you there and everybody else who's interested. And I also look forward to your next podcast. Thank you very much. Adit. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you got a message and you're not sure if it's a scam or not, you can validate it on a new website called scamranger.ai and also get advice on how to check the validity of the message. If you want to hear more about the recent evolution in online scams, follow me on LinkedIn, at Bigger Levine. Or follow Scam Rangers, Scam-Rangers. Until the next time.